Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 4th, 2018. Today we're reading from the big book in Chapter 11, and we're on page 164, the second paragraph, starting with the sixth sentence, but obviously. Um, and we'll be reading through the rest of that paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Mary H., for the 12 traditions, Nosa J., and reading the text are Penny C., Tina S., and Larry K. The reference numbers for Monday, December 3rd, 2018, for the 7 a.m., is 12,253, that's 12253, and for 10 a.m. is 12,254, that's 12254. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Mary H. to read the 12 steps. Star one to unmute, please. This is Mary H., recovered in Wisconsin. These are the 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you, Mary. Okay, I will now ask um, Nosa J to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, this is Nosa J, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. For each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and uh, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Nosa. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the, direction, what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 164, the second paragraph, the sixth sentence that starts with, but obviously, reading through three sentences to the end of that paragraph. And we'll comment on all of those three sentences. And I will now ask Penny C to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Katie. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. And I'm so happy that we're, we slowed down at, as we come to the end of these 164 pages that we study. Uh, like any good book, you know, I, I take it slowly when I come to the end because I, I, I just want to absorb everything. 
and um, this is this is what I've read is that Bill W. meant this whole chapter to be a summary of all that went before. So we say, uh, obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. And so um, this this whole uh, three sentences, I, I keep thinking, say, recover, 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 because that's what I can transmit. If If I'm trying to transmit... Anything else, it's not going to be effective. And so my my job is to do all that I can to recover and stay recovered because people really do watch what I do more than listen to what I say. And how do we do this? How do I keep in recovery? I stay in close contact with my higher power. I've heard someone on this uh, meeting say that, you know, many of us write our food down, and, and for her, it's it's equally or maybe even more important that we write down our spiritual practices and and follow them day after day so that we will stay in close contact with, with God and our relationship with Him will be right. And the great events that come to pass for me and countless others is that I watch them recover. What a joy, just like it says in working with others, you know, the joy of watching new people come to life again, pretty much. And, and, you know, we shouldn't miss it. You know, it says, please do not miss it. This is, um, this is exciting coming, coming to the end and absorbing it very, very slowly. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny. Sorry, my dog was barking. I wanted to wait a second there. Um, okay, so if you uh, just joined us, we're on page 164, the second paragraph, the sixth sentence, but obviously you cannot transmit, um, and we read through the end of that paragraph. So who would like to uh, comment? Jackie B. Larry K. I got, okay, I got Jackie, Harlan, Kim G., Larry K., Nancy Barbara P. E. Wait a Barbara second. I'm sorry. E. I'm just having a hard time writing. Okay, Barbara, I heard you three times. Just one moment. Jack and Carlin, Kim, Barbara, Tina F. Someone. Tina. There you go, Tina. And and Nancy, Nancy. P. Okay. Dorita P. And Dorita P. Okay, let's M. stop there with Joni M. Just let's just stop there, please. Okay, I have Jackie B, Harlan G, Kim G, Tina S, Barbara E, Nancy P, Dorita P, and Joni M. Thank you all so much. Um, did I miss anybody that actually said their name already? Larry? Oh, yeah, Larry. I knew there was someone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and I think Bossa O. I, don't, I did not hear Bossa. Let's just go with these. It's funny for our first group. Um, Jackie B. Harlan G., please go first, Jackie. Okay. Thank you so much for your service. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Um, I love those words are so important in my recovery because if my side of the street is not clean 
I can't transmit what um, I can offer someone else. Because my experience being in this program for so long and finally 27 months ago getting it, getting it to the point where I work my program every single day in some shape, way, or form. You know, um, and it's more, what I like is I have more integrity today. Today, I am genuine. Um, whether people think I'm silly, ridiculous, um, way out, that's okay. I no longer have to be validated by the world. What I have to do is work my program, look to my higher power, do my steps, and really see the world as it is and not what I want it to be or what I expect it to be. Um, and that's what the greatest gift is. And that's where I work my 11th and 10th step every single day and do my 12th. With those three steps constantly, constantly being worked, I am cleaning house. So with that, I pass. Thank you and have a lovely day. Thank you, Jackie B. And Harlan G., you're up, followed by Kim G. Thank you very much, Katie, and thank you to Team Tuesday for making this wonderful meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And when I look back at my life, I could have irrigated a forest with the tears that I cried because I had this illness. I missed out on everything. I was torn asunder by an illness that I didn't ask for, I didn't understand, I didn't know I had. I have an illness that is fatal, permanent, and progressive. I have an illness of the mind and an illness of the body. And if someone would have asked me, I would have said I'd rather die than live. I didn't know how to live in this world. I didn't know how to live with the food, and I sure as heck didn't know before recovery, how to live without the food. My life, my existence was an existence of eating food against my will and doing things that I knew were beneath me, like lying and stealing and cheating and doing horrible things. You gave me a book. You gave me your heart. You gave me your hand. You guided me through. You saw me through those first early days when I was literally going crazy with dry heaves and headaches and every other damn thing you can associate with withdrawal. And if I had a pill that would cure someone of this horrible illness, I would throw it in the toilet because the journey is the greatest miracle in this program other than the recovery itself. Oh, the places I've gone and the people that I've met and the miracles that I've not only experienced but seen in others are a beacon that there is a God and that I must keep walking to that God and if I do, he'll run to me. Oh, my life isn't exactly the way I'd scripted it. Oh, my life isn't exactly the way I'd want it, but it's better. It's better because I put my hand in God's and together we do things we could never, I could never do alone. This is not the great hypothesis. This is not the great hope. This is the, this is the great fact for us. This is the greatest way of life imaginable and to coin 
Roseanne's title of her book, This is a Life Beyond Our Wildest Dreams. Follow us who are doing it. We will help you. We will get you through. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Okay, Kim G, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. You know, I have to tell you, it wasn't obvious to me for many years. I'm just talking about my own experience. Um, when I came in in the 90s, the common um, formula was you get 21 days of abstinence, and then you start sponsoring. So basically, I was transmitting a food plan, because that's the only thing I had. You know, this program of recovery is the steps. What I should be transmitting is a spiritual experience as a result of the steps. You know, I think of that line back in the spiritual experience in the appendix where it says, what often is accomplished in a couple months couldn't have been accomplished through years of self-discipline. And that's what I practiced many years in a day. I, I practice a tools-only program. I, I remember speaking at a meeting, and the feedback was, yeah, I don't want her to come back. She talks about these steps, and OA is about the tools and meetings. You know, the 12 steps are numbered. The, the sponsoring comes at step 12. It doesn't come at step 3, 5, 7, or 9. It's at 12. And this is my opinion. I think that's one of the reasons that we have all these different steps in OA because if I don't have a spiritual awakening of step 12 and have neutrality around my food, what I wind up doing is inflicting my abstinence and my food plan on other people. So just to use some analogies, you know, one of the gifts I got um, when I lost the weight was I learned how to ski. So I had gone to Killington, Vermont, where I learned how to ski, and I got an instructor, and he told me all these different degrees he had, and I asked him, well, what mountains have you skied? And he goes, oh, no, no, I've never skied, but look at all these these classes I've taken. I wouldn't want that person to teach me how to ski. I want someone who's had this experience, who's walked this path of getting, putting the food down and then working these steps. There's very clear-cut directions. The first clear-cut directions, which is exemplified in the doctor's opinion, where it says we have to put the food down in four different places, to me, that's like wanting to make my favorite strawberry shortcake and putting all the ingredients together specifically as I was told and then putting it in the oven, but never having turned the oven on. All those ingredients together are going to mean nothing if I don't do what's first, which means I have to preheat that oven by putting this food down. You know, I, and I, I hear it, I get sad when I hear people say, well, you can just eat your way to a spiritual experience. And to me, that's like, you know what, I go into for cancer treatment, they tell me there's a 90% um, recovery rate with this specific treatment. But I don't want to do the treatment. I don't want to put the food down. So what I do is I ask the doctor, can you tell me about that 10%? I want to find that 10% that maybe doesn't have to do it a specific way, and maybe I can recover. So for those of you who are still suffering, Please keep your ears poised to those who have a message of destiny, those who are experiencing contented abstinence versus temporary respite, and that is how we can transmit something that we have versus something we have not, and with that I pass. Thank you, Kim. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Tina S. Hey, Katie. Th thank you so much for all the service you, you bring to this, this deal. Really appreciate that. Um, you know, see to it, it says, it tells us, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great things will come to pass for you and countless others. You know, seeing life through the eyes of faith 
enables us to see things that we couldn't see before. We, we gain a new perspective. And here's the thing, we're, we're changed and the people around us are impacted. They can't help but be impacted. And when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, you know, perhaps my experience was, was, was best defined as, as faith and believing in the evidence of things that I had not yet experienced. In other words, you know, we're, we're called to a place of trust in a process leading to an outcome that we have not yet fully experienced it at that point. I had no experiential proof up to that point that this vision for my future was possible. And the fact that you proclaim this awakening occurred in you, well, it didn't change the fact that it had yet to occur in me. So there, it required trust in light of that fact. And, and trust is hard. It's often very hard. But it's absolutely necessary as a precondition to, go on, to undergoing this transformation because to an objective observer, you know, maybe a newcomer, the big book is simply, uh, you know, paper with some black ink on it. It's a, it's a door jam. See, I see the big book through the eyes when I came in, through the eyes of a critic rather than, than through the eyes of a person hungry for God's presence in my life. It collected dust. And to a recovered compulsive eater whose life has been miraculously changed, the big book is, is, a, is a physical representation of, the, of that invisible point, you know, where, where God's will and human consciousness intersect. And that's why to a recovered person, this book becomes sacred text. It becomes very precious. It's worth so much more than the paper and the ink and the labor that went into writing it, right? And that's what it means to have vision, divine sight to be able to evaluate things with eyes of love and compassion and hope rather than their market price because the book ain't worth much on the market. This vision is not just a vision available to me. It's available to anyone. I know that. People who come to Overeaters Anonymous, they don't start to see the world differently because someone wrote a book giving them good reason to do so. No, they begin to see the world differently because they feel they've been touched by the presence of God as a result of walking this journey and taking these actions. You know, and um, the book conveys a message about God reaching down to express love and compassion for a misfit like me, because that's what I was, was a misfit. And yet through the step work, uh, just wrapping up, Katie, I learned to interpret, interpret the language of the heart. And my life has changed. And I have a relationship with God. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry. Okay, Tina S., you're up. Then Barbara E. Tina, star one to unmute. Sorry, Katie. Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, Wow, what a great meeting great shares and thanks for your service Uh, but obviously you know it's pretty clear that I can't transmit something I haven't got and you know and I wanted to have whatever that was early on because I got an ego that is humongous you know but what they tell me next in that is that you know but obviously cannot transmit something you haven't got see to it that your relationship with god is right you know so i have to cultivate this relationship with a power greater than myself in order to get a little bit free of my ego so that i can be of service to someone else 
you know. And I do that on a daily basis, and I am not perfect by any means. You know, and I say this to everybody. I get on my knees every morning. I say prayers every morning. Do I comprehend them sometimes? Yay, it's a good day. Sometimes now nah, I'm just saying the words, you know, and going on about Tina's business, which is pretty scary, you know, and can be uh, disastrous for many people, including myself, you know. And then it says the great fact to us, you know, for us, you know, and that's something that's indisputable, you know, indisputable. You know, so if I work, you know, because this is page 164 for sure. So obviously there's 163 pages prior to, you know, and there are 12 steps to be worked. And I love what talked, what's talked about, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result, it's the result of these steps, you know. And so that's what I search for on a daily basis so that I can be of service to others. And, you know, I love my life today. And I love what was also talked about, you know, beyond my wildest dreams. That is my life today. You know, and it's only because, you know, I wish it were because, no, I don't really wish that, but, you know, I'd like to think at times it's because of me, because that's just my ego, but it's not. It's because I do the work one day at a time, and I give this thing away, and that's how I keep it, you know, and I'm so grateful to be online. Such a great experience, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tina. And now we have Barbara E., followed by Nancy P., Thank you so much, KDF, and to everyone else who's working on this December 4th. This is Barbara E. And I'd just like to speak to you honestly. I've been in OA for 20 years, two decades, and I have been, thank you God, abstinent, though Lori did teach me on Sunday about excessive gum chewing being something I need to consider. I'd never thought of that before. I'm a teacher by profession. So all I thought I needed to do was stick to the cold, hard text. I knew I needed to be abstinent, so I knew I needed my um, protégés to be abstinent too in their own good time, sooner than better. But I thought I could just stick to the text. And I really didn't believe, as has been listed in the We Agnostics chapter, that I needed a God of my own creation. I didn't know that I needed him. And so what I was conveying was cold, hard facts. Countless, uh, obvious to say, I would, my success rate, ratio was not that high because I didn't have this cornerstone to build on. Well, I still was abstinent, but those the devil the resentfulness were still plaguing me. So I really did have to ask myself that one question. And it's best illustrated for me in the story of the starving donkey. He's placed equally between two bales of hay. He can't make a decision. Which one should he go to? So he starves to death. So ultimately, I did not want to be that starving donkey. I had to make a decision. God is or God isn't. And once I decided that there was a God for me that could help me, that I could go to prayer and meditation and say my own personal set-aside prayer every single day and mean it with the inner ear of my heart, then it began to change for me because then I was bringing an honesty
to my program and to people who called me that I had not felt before. Yes, I need abstinence, but I also need God. I need you. And to get a call from Australia Australia last night meant so much to me. This is such an awesome program. You're cutting out, Barbara, and you're... Thank you so much. I pass gratefully. Thank you, Barbara E. Thank you so much. And now we have Nancy P. followed by Dorita P. Hi, can I be heard? Yes. Hi, this is Nancy P. from Boston. Um, Yeah, everybody's sharing has been spot on today. And I... um, you know, I'm sort of more of the same. I, I have a job that I could not do right out of college, that someone right out of college could not do. And, um, you know, I have a lot of experience, and so I have this job. And all through the same thing happens, you know, it can be, it's an analogy for a program, a metaphor for program. I am, you know, all this these years, these decades, over 40 years, you know, I looked around and I said, how come her and not me? How come her and not me? And, you know, all that I was ever willing to do was to eat and um, be abstinent at the same time. And, um, you know, I was focused on um, being places instead of getting places. And in this reading, the two, uh, the word obviously and the phrase see to it are the operative words for me. Because once I did that, once I realized that it was, you know, obviously, duh, um, all else follows. So I couldn't grasp that my higher power was everything. On paper, it seemed like the people that talked that way were boring. You know, like, why would I want to do that? I didn't want to, I didn't understand that the journey was what was important. And then under the guidance of an extremely focused sponsor, I would have to say, um, I finally got it. And I was just talking to somebody this morning on the phone, you know, in the beginning after I walked through the arch (laughs) that I had built, um, you know, at first when, um, when I was sponsor people, I wasn't sure what I was doing, but I gained experience day by day. And now I feel confident that what I have to offer them is, is valuable. And um, I'm, I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I absolutely 100% believe. And I find the effects of that daily in my life through my workday and with my family out in public, you know, in grocery stores and, you know, dry cleaners and banks, you know, I I just feel like I'm not alienating people, like I'm not going through life like a tornado. And um, the journey is, is everything. The destination is yet to be reached. But um, today, I, I, I have seen to it that my, that my um, relationship with God is right. And so therefore, my life is truly beyond my wildest dreams. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. And now we'll have Dorita P. followed by Joni M. And then we'll open it up for more sharers. Hi, my name is Dorita P. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, okay. Thank you. I didn't know if I muted or unmuted. Um, my name is Dorita P. I'm from Cleveland, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, it is a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, so I am really grateful I have a seat here. Yes, um, I'm grateful I 
came in on the tail end. Um, but this information is so, so very important. And I can understand what the one person shared about this being a summary of the whole first 164 pages, 163 pages. Um, and I didn't like the word obviously, you know, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. You know, I was trying to do a lot of talking in the beginning. Um, and I don't really know if I, but around here we say people have like fat serenity. Um, they're fat, but they're still, you know, I guess acting like they're working the program. And so um, I don't know if I was really at that place, but I know I wanted to do a lot of talking and I needed, I needed to do a lot of listening really. And I used to, like I said, hate that word, obviously. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. And then it says, see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact. It's a fact. This is the great fact for us. So, um, yeah, you know, working these principles in all our affairs. Uh, I'm real grateful to be on the meeting today. I I, um, I almost went to jail yesterday. Um, um some racist people at a store um, was treating my friend very badly uh, Friday at a phone store. And so yesterday I went there to advocate for her. They took her phone. Um, they said it was part of a agreement or something. They took her old phone and um, she wanted her old phone. She had pictures in her old phone. So I went there to advocate for her um, and, you know, they was treating me badly, too, treating her badly uh, and treating me badly, too, and were they were in my face. Um, so it's real hard for me to turn the other cheek, like Martin Luther King says, real hard for me. So that's what I'm working on today, turning the other cheek. And I'm just real grateful to be free today. Um, and, you know, I wasn't, I, I thought I was spiritually fit. Well, actually, I kind of was blindsided. I, I didn't expect to get what I got when I got to the store. So I'm just really grateful for this program. And, you know, some racist people in OA is helping me to practice this. So I'm really grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dorita. Okay, now Joni Elm. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Hi, my name is Joni M., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from New York. And I'm so grateful to be here this morning, and I want to thank you for your service and for all the beautiful shares that I've heard. Um, it's hard for me because three years ago I came into program, and I was struck with a miracle. Um, I was given abstinence by my higher power, and I was filled with you know, such a, such a recovery that it was just so beautiful. Um, I, there were countless others that I worked with, and the more I worked with others, the, the greater I felt and the happier I was. But as the big book cautions us, you know, be very careful about getting complacent. And I would say probably the last year of my abstinence, last six months or so, I rested on my laurels. And um, I started getting very, um, very careless about talking to others and carrying the message, and um, and my ego surfaced. And while I was a victim of this disease when I first came in, um, 
about a month ago, I became a volunteer, and I lost my abstinence. I, uh, I lost my physical abstinence. I had long before lost my serenity, my emotional abstinence, and eventually, of course, the, the food came back. And again, once again, my higher power has been very good to me because it only lasted for about two weeks, but those were the most awful days, and what had once been a very happy, joyous, and free person saw what it was like. And it says here... You can't transmit what you don't, you don't have. And for for two years, I had such a beautiful thing to transmit. And I know it, it helped me and it helped others. But in this period of time, when the two weeks of being in the food and the, the last six months of being into self, I didn't want to talk to people. I isolated. I couldn't give it because honesty was no longer part of who I was. And how could I talk with people who are trying to walk this walk when I was living as a dishonest person to my giving into my disease? But again, thank God for my program and for my sponsor and my sponsees that, that were still there hanging out, holding on for me, because when I finally admitted to them what was going on and I could now start living as an honest person again, I began my recovery all over. We have a daily reprieve, and three weeks ago, my daily reprieve started again. So thank God for this program, and oh, the words are so true, and I, and I know that, and I feel it, and I'm so grateful to be here today. It is a great fact for me, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, and welcome back. And okay, so if you've just joined us, we're on page 164 in the second paragraph, and we started with the sixth sentence, which is, but obviously you cannot transmit something, and just read through that rest of that paragraph. So who else would like to share? We have time for several more. Nancy M. Kelly. I heard Nancy R. Wait a second. Nancy R. Steve. Steve. Leah. Craig F. Craig F. Kelly F. Kelly F. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got you, Kelly. And Vasa O. Okay. Um, Nancy R. Steve in Arizona. I forgot your initial. Leah M. I thought I heard Irini. Um, Craig F. Kelly S. And Vasa O. Hopefully we can get all of you in. Nancy R., please go ahead. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Uh, And thank God for OA. Uh, My name is Nancy Hour. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The shares, as usual, have just been off the chain. I want to just speak to uh, one section where it says, great events will come to pass for you and countless others. Uh, At my face-to-face meetings for the last few weeks, they've been talking about how to, how to remain abstinent. That was the topic last night, how to remain abstinent during the holidays. What do you do? And uh, I'm just so grateful that uh, God has led me to a place where I understand that uh, my I, that I have a disease. It doesn't, my disease doesn't matter if it's Christmas, uh, New Year's, or Hanukkah, or any uh a special occasion. My disease does not care. So it doesn't matter what uh, special occasion is coming up. Um, if I work my program, if I do today what I did yesterday, I'll get what I got yesterday. And that's a daily reprieve from this disease. 
Um, when I first came, I've been in Oasa uh, since the seven. I came in the during the seventies, left and came back in ninety three, and we just skirted over the whole higher power uh, issue. It was like incidental, something incidental. Uh, high, you know, your higher power, but uh, the focus was on the food plans. And um, you know, today I understand why we, there was so little recovery in our groups and in our in my local groups, and then why I struggled for so many years. Uh, in the chapter to the agnostic, it's claim it it, it this very claimy states. It's right there in black and white. That the purpose of this book is for us to find a higher power. It didn't say the purpose of the book was to get sober. The purpose was to find a higher power. So that's what I seek on a daily basis. Uh, Working relationship with my higher power because I know I'm convinced today that without this power, I am doomed. Uh, The miraculous thing for me is that I have been set free, that I can go anywhere. I can travel around the world. I can go to any celebration as long as I'm spiritually fit. There we go again, that relationship with this higher power. This book has set me free. I'm free today, free to go anywhere, um, free to be anywhere. You know, if people are upset because I'm there, I'm an African-American, that's not that's not my problem today. That's their problem. This program has given me freedom in so many areas. I live in an area, a community, where I, there are not many people that look like me, but I'm I'm happy, joyous, and free. Because of this program, I praise God for uh, that. I, that I went through. Life, I didn't go through life not knowing what was wrong with me, and that I have gotten a chance to enjoy the freedom. Thank you. This fellowship has given me. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Okay, Steve. Maybe um, Steve from Arizona. Please go next, and then Leah. Um, Steve, press star one to unmute. Okay, well, I Hello. thought I heard Steve. Go ahead. Hello? Okay, there you are. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, about, sorry, about, sorry about that. Um, this is Steve from Arizona. Um, this is a um, I like the line that says, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Um, this is a very, um, first of all, I love this. I really like calling into this uh, this call that we have here. Been doing it for about a week and a half, and um, it really helps with my with my motivation and my and my spirituality. Um, this is a this is I'm discovering this is a very insidious disease. It'll creep in when you least expect it. It will creep into your brain. It will and it, it'll it, it's very insidious. And uh, this is a very important um, therapy for me to call this uh, this line this call. Um, listening to the uh, inspired individuals on this call. Um, and obviously, if I don't stay fit, spiritually fit, as one of the other callers uh, mentioned just now, um, I can't transmit it. Because eventually I want to be a sponsor and I want to be able to transmit what I'm learning. And if I'm not spiritually fit and uh, I can't transmit something I haven't got. So. Um, I am grateful to all the other callers I've heard today and just in general that we have this call because it, it really is very inspiring. And um, as I said again, and I'll conclude, this is a very insidious disease. It creeps up into your brain when you least expect it. 
I saw it happening on Sunday night. I started to get pride and think, oh, it's all about me. And it wasn't like it was it wasn't a conscious thing. It was unconscious. It just creeped in. Oh, this is I was doing so well. Oh, this is all about me. This is not about me. This is about my higher power. That's what this is about. It's not about me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Okay, now we have Leah M. followed by Irini M. Thank you so much for your service. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. I remember sitting across from someone in 1987, someone in whom the problem had been solved. And when we got to this part of the book, uh, he... (laughs) He read me a little ditty, and it went like this. He said, you can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you don't go. You can't be what you are not, and you can't give what you ain't got. He was uh, my step guide. He had taken me on a journey, my own unique spiritual journey, and I had the results of what this book guarantees, a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. He was a recovered alcoholic. I was now a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, You know, when you have a map, a map tells you where you are now, but it doesn't tell you where you need to go. The big book and the steps within um, the spiritual principles that were taught Tell me where I need to go. It is true north for me. It was in January 1987. It is today, uh, still in 2018. You know, and that's why a line like this transmits something very specific. Um, It transmits a story of transformation as a result of the program of recovery, these 12 steps. And that's our aim and that's our goal and that's our objective is recovery. In fact, the book teaches that we have recovered and have been given the power to help others. That doesn't mean that others aren't valuable. Of course, everyone is valuable and everyone's unique and everybody is a child of God. But on a meeting or in a face-to-face room, we do have an obligation, a responsibility, and a duty. And, of course, it's great pleasure Because every time I watch and every time I lead someone else through this very same work that I did, I see those miracles all over again. You see, you might not know me so well, but I was self-destructing by my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort. And I had a responsibility once I was beaten to a bloody pulp to take the actions because those actions, these steps were demonstrations of my willingness and my active participation in the recovery process. Under the umbrella of grace, with the help of God, I couldn't do it without God, um, I was turned from a relationship with bags and boxes. I've been given freedom, a relationship with God. Who am I turning to today? That's a question I always ask myself. What does my heart yearn for? today who does it you yearn for you know to have a relationship with power to have a relationship with god the same god that saved my soul and with that i pass thanks thank you leah at enium you're up followed by craig f did katie did you just call me i did okay thank you i was unmuting thank you so much for your service 
Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. Well, how do I show up in this world? What am I reflecting to others? By being connected, then I can reflect God's character, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, acceptance, on and on of all these beautiful principles, and yes, self-control. That self-control is only through the power of God's will. Thy will, not mine, be done. Throughout the day, am I being prayerful? As long as I'm being prayerful, I have this deeper connection, this getting closer to this amazing of the light of the Spirit. When I stand on His foundation, thinking His thoughts, doing His actions, it's always thy will, not mine, be done. There's no destination in this spiritual life. There's only going deeper and more connected to this beautiful relationship with God. When I get disconnected with God, I break that connection of relationship with good orderly direction, and then I'm edging God out. And I need to be into God. I need not to be out of God. Every minute of the day, I need to weigh and measure my thoughts. Which ones do I choose to entertain? Which ones do I discard that do not serve me and others? Am I asking for forgiveness from God and from myself throughout the day? Am I acknowledging that I'm only human and I make mistakes and that God is my higher power? As long as my focal point is put on God first, in front of all my affairs, then I am blessed with these spiritual, beautiful eyes that I view the world through. Strengthening that connection with God, how deep is my faith, it can only be measured how much am I surrendered to God. So I can be governed by a higher standard of thinking and behaving in a good orderly direction by these principles of this program, a continual awakening to the truth. And the light gets lighter and brighter. Oh, my gosh. We are giving a new lifestyle that is healthy, whole, and loving. And it is these voices on this line that carry this message of love, service, commitment, selflessness, and strength. One voice, one heart, one mind. Wow. Thank you, God. I pass. Thank you, Adini. Okay, um, we have five minutes and three people. So um, if you could shorten yours up, that would be great. Otherwise, someone's going to have to wait till the next hour. Okay, go ahead, please, Craig F. Craig, star one to unmute. I, I was I was talking away, thinking I was unmuted. Oh, Sorry. dear. That, no problem. That's okay. Go ahead. All right. So this is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'll try to go quick. This is a promise. Um, it says, great offense will come to pass for you and countless others. But like a lot of promises, it's attached to a condition. And the condition is that see to you that your relationship with him is right. And, you know, um, Seeing that my relationship with God is right doesn't involve for me working myself up into some emotional state. It, what, it, there's practical guidelines given back in step 11 
it says, you know, where we said we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. And, and those, those practical instructions are that I pray and meditate in the morning. I pray throughout the day that I uh, do a review at the end of the day. And there's 12 questions that I ask. For me, it includes a gratitude list to keep my attitude right, to remember how much I have and that I, and that I need to live in gratitude, and then to, uh, to pray before I go to bed. And, uh, you know, if I follow those practical instructions, uh, the guilt and the resentments and all those other things that stand between me and God are removed, and my relationship with God is right um, and Great events do come to pass for me and countless others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig. Okay, um, Kelly S., you're up, followed by Vasa O., but we only have three minutes. So go ahead, please, Kelly. Thanks, Katie, for your service. It's Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so glad I finally got on today. Um, there's so much great stuff in this paragraph. So obviously you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it, your relationship with him is right. So what does that take to get right with my higher power? It's working these steps, right? So I didn't get that. And uh, yes, I do seek through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God. Every day I spend time with my higher power. However, you know, what else makes it right is service. You know, we talked about yesterday that, um, and Bill's story that he talks about, if, if all our fills works with another person, well, I can't give away something I haven't got. I've been around for 30-something years. I know you guys know that. But I never understood that the 12 steps says as we get the spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. And so I'd whine and cry all the time about, I never had this entire psychic change. I never got rocketed in this fourth dimension the book talks about. This program doesn't work. Well, guess what? I have to work all the steps to do that, right? So I didn't understand that. So I'm not going to get that spiritual awakening if I don't do that. So I had to put the food down and work the steps. So I couldn't give that away. I couldn't get this, this amazing great event that will come to pass. And so, you know, I'm one of those people that's like, oh, the slogans are so stupid, all this goofy, corny stuff. I'm way too cool, way too sexy for this disease, right? But guess what? I got it. And so now when I'm in the rooms and I say to people, guess what? If you work these steps, if you put this food down and you work these steps like your hair is on fire and you do this every day, you will get the life beyond your wildest dreams, that stupid little thing that we always said with our hands held and shaking hands and hugging and all that stuff and that, all that kumbaya stuff that I thought I was way too cool for. Guess what? I'm so excited today to say 30-something years later, I'm doing it, it's working, and I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. But I had to work these steps first. I had to put the food down first and work the steps. Glad to be here. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Kelly. And you left one minute for Vasa, if you want to take that, Vasa. Thank you. I will, Katie. Thank you so much for your Thanks. service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Ovita. Calling from Florida. And I did come in 1986. And these are the promises of the program if we work the program the way it is laid out. And I, I again, I, was, I had been in this disease, suffering for so long, so many years. And I was ready to hear the message, and I'm so grateful that I was ready to Overeaters Anonymous. And, uh, and I, yeah, I was ready and willing to do whatever it took just to, you know, put the food down and work the rest of the steps. It works if we work it, and it has worked for me for many, many, many years. 
but I have to work it. I have, it's not just going once or twice. I keep on doing this on a daily basis. And what I heard, the most important thing was to find a power greater than myself. And I needed that power so bad. And I'm grateful I have found that. And I do have a power today on a daily basis. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone who was um, participating this morning. And now, um, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study. And the share ID for today, I do not have, but um, we will get it in a moment, I'm sure. Um, so now, let us close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Tina S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thanks so much, Katie. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. <laughs>